Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Flight Plate Podcast. I am a co-host, Josh Wenis, joined as usual by touring professional Jordan Castro. Jordan, how are we doing? I am doing well. It is Tuesday, and it is Memorial's in the past, and Waco's coming up. So, um, like I said, usually around this time when we record, it's uh, the, the days keep going come faster and faster. It's 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 so crazy. Yeah, it absolutely is. You're right. We had, you know, the memorial this past weekend. We had Las Vegas just two weeks ago and, and um, or a week ago, I guess I should say, a week and a half ago by the time this airs and Waco coming up this weekend. Man, this is uh, this is getting into some crazy season, crazy time um, in not just in the, the disc golf life, but in, in personal life, too. There's a lot of stuff going on between the two of us right. and uh, things are getting nuts. It's awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Let's dive right into what we talked about here this last weekend. We had the memorial out there in Arizona in your backyard. Uh, played Fountain Hills and Vista. So uh, this tournament, not on the Pro Tour this year. It was down to an A tier, um, not even a Silver Series. So that didn't stop, as we talked about in the preview, that didn't stop the Elite from coming out to this event. There was quite a field, um, huge names on both MPO and FPO. And some some guy named Macbeth took it down, um, you know. And uh, let's cat out of the bag right away. That first round, sixteen down, scoring at uh, an unofficial eleven oh eight. That could change, obviously, because the official ratings, at least per PDGA website, aren't out right now. Um, but man alive, I mean, he had a, a seventeen down on this course as well previously, and. Um, what is it about Paul and Fountain? What what's the deal? It's it's just I mean the course is just super super easy. I mean for that top level, I mean especially like if you could throw a three hundred to four hundred foot hyzer, um, there's only like two challenging holes where you could potentially miss. And I mean his seventeen under, he, he missed the hardest hole. And during this year's round, he he got that hole that he missed last year. So um, he just missed a few holes. I mean he missed hole 18 and um another one i can't remember but he shot that 16 under and basically missed two inside the circle misses and i mean both of them were high i think on the top and like 18 was the one that like he i mean he's 25 feet he threw a perfect sidearm to the pin then just released it high then like as he released it he started laughing just because of like pride of pressure and it was funny uh, a couple of the local guys they're like all right he's 14 through 15 is he gonna birdie the rest i was like i i think everything is reachable for him like because every shot's a hyzer routine sh- uh, shot 18 is gonna be the hardest hole realistically and like when i was out there playing during my round it was like the hardest condition it was like that cross headwind so i was like all right this is gonna be the hardest hole and and i checked live scoring when i got home and he missed 18 i was like it's just i wasn't like trying to like say that's gonna happen but like that's the hardest hole because 17 is a hyzer, like 400 feet, 16 is a yep. 300 foot hyzer. Everything's just like a routine shot for that, for Paul and like that top pro. So it was just, it was just awesome just, just to watch. I watched the coverage and I mean, the guy, he looked perfect out there. It was insane to watch. Yeah. You know, all this talk about 1100 ratings, goat and all this other stuff. The guy missed the shortest hole on the course. That that was the other one that he missed. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest here. He missed hole seven, 
210 feet. I Terry gave him a bunch of crap for it on the coverage. I'm just teasing, obviously, but uh, an absolute nuts round. Watching the coverage, I mean, I think I messaged you after I watched the coverage that I think a combined four inches is what he missed a perfect round from. Like, I mean, those two putts that he did miss were were on the mark. They were just a hair off. One was a hair low and one was a hair high. So, um, and yeah, I, I did notice that they caught that on camera where he missed it on 18 and then just, you could see right away, he was just smiling and laughing and, and he knew, I mean, I'm sure at some point that gets like old hat, you know, okay, whatever, almost a perfect round, but, um, leading the, incredible lead, to- yeah, lead in the field by two or three, four or whatever. And it's like, I shot my 11 down. I was the second card out and second yeah. card in. I was like, Oh, 10 60. I'm cool with that. And they're like, Oh, is that going to stick? I was like, dude, there's no chance. Like I'll probably be in like 10th place to be honest. Like just assuming people were playing well. And like a lot of people were like seven through 10, but I was like, all right, they're going to shoot a 16. Cause like that back nine is you get every hole. I mean, I shot eight down on the back just alone or whatever. So it's, it was just crazy to see how it was stuck in like fourth to sixth place. Yeah. It just, just crazy. I mean, yeah, when you came in with that 11, I was, because I am so new to this and new to the courses and understanding where the scoring separation is and everything like that. Uh, I was super optimistic seeing you come in at 11 and then, uh, yeah, Paul come out there and just decide, nah, we're, we're going to play like this. And he had a four stroke lead after the, uh, the first round there. And, it just continued. I mean, he ended up winning by three strokes over Anthony Barella. Um, and three strokes, I feel like, is more than what that final round kind of let on because it got close. It seemed like it was close. Um, and uh, just watching it and everything. So really, really interesting. But two courses here. So different setup than what we've seen in other places where you play one course one day, then the other course the other day, and then flip-flop back and forth this was two rounds at fountain and uh for thursday and friday and two rounds out at vista saturday and sunday um conditions like you said i know it was a little windy i definitely saw that on some coverage there some wind you guys were dealing with and uh but other than that it looked looked pretty decent the normal you know passers-by you can watch people walking around on the cart paths and everything like that it's kind of fun to watch uh see what and imagine what people are thinking what's what's this crowd for and speaking of the crowd that's the other thing we should mention what a crowd. I mean, seeing the the coverage and seeing the pictures from the uh, the final day specifically and seeing that, I mean, I know I posted on Twitter when somebody said something about the crowd that that Arizona scene, like you've said from the start, man, it's underrated. Like there's a great scene, disc golf scene out there. Yeah, absolutely. In that Phoenix area, the region's so big. And I mean, you got Tucson, you got Flagstaff and you got like the uh, New Mexico, uh, California area. So like a lot of people travel in uh, Paul, uh, shared that photo or whatever. I actually sent that to him and a local guy sent it to me. He's like, dude, look at this. I was like, that's sick. He's like, I was like, where'd you get it? He's like, oh, I took the photo. I was like, I'm, as a joke, I send it to Paul and see what he says. And he's like, this picture is sick. So he used it or whatever. And then on his post, he's just like, hey, you were out here. Where'd you come from? And people were just all over the place, Texas, Canada, California, Oregon. And like, I mean, you have 400 players pros and am so like just to see it and the support i mean i saw so many people out there like during my round like 11 a.m the first day like there was tons of people non-stop which is super exciting and just shows you like um the, the, the game's just evolving and growing so quick and a lot of the there's some people walking around fountain they're like is that paul is that paul so like that was super cool and like they just walk around the fountain and like they knew the tournament and they're like oh that must be him so that was super awesome just to watch and hear 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Terry Miller, uh, disc golf guy, and all of his help. I know um, Kyle Spicy Boy from from Twitter was out there helping uh, film, which is super super cool. Uh, appreciate getting coverage of these events that you know they don't have big major coverage, but uh, appreciate getting some footage out there. It's awesome to see. Um, Memorial is one of those like uh, those events that I remember when I first got into disc golf. I definitely watched you know a fair amount of coverage from the Memorial because it's it's been there. It's on the tour, you know, it's been on the tour for years. And, um, I know a lot of people kind of balk at it being, you know, like you talked about easy, boring, Heiser fest, whatever. Um, and it's just, it's still disc golf and, uh, what a cool setting. I love, uh, fountain. I mean, we've talked about it before that I've got family that live in fountain Hills. So I'm familiar with the fountain. I know the fountain and, and they know that there's a disc golf course there. I made sure that they know that there's a disc golf course there. So, um, really, really cool to watch and overall a lot of fun, but not, let's, you know, not dwell necessarily just on Mr. Macbeth, uh, although he deserves it with that crazy, crazy tournament that he played. Uh, we had second place, Anthony Barella, as I said before, third place, Aaron Gossage coming out and showing up and, uh, fourth place, Drew Gibson, uh, tied for fourth Drew Gibson with Adam Hammes, who really seemed like he was in the mix for the most part. And then just kind of had a, had a real rough last round there, uh, per his game just kind of a rough time and then sixth place our own jordan castro seventh andrew marweed eighth coda hatfield ninth thomas gilbert and 10th luke sampson um should also shout out 11th here real quick a two-way tie randon lada and andrew presnell and 13th kale laviska getting right back on that train of cashing at events so um a great tournament like we talked about a lot of fun to watch we're going to get jordan's take on his uh his rounds and his tournament overall in just a couple moments, but we're going to talk about FPO too because this was more fun to watch. Um, really, really great tournament from the FPO side of things. Did you get a chance to, to see any of the FPO stuff outside of coverage? Did you get to watch anything live or no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris Clemens at, and Presno were staying at the house, and actually, Chris, I mean, was driving, he's touring with Hannah, his girlfriend, and she's this is her first year on tours, so um. Presnell got had a little bit of early tea time, so we went out there for an hour or two early just to watch the women's and just hang out with Hannah. Uh, and, I mean, that's kind of what we do, just kind of support each other. I mean, we're close friends, and it was awesome to watch. I mean, all the the Europeans, the everybody from that wasn't from the United States was out there competing. It was just awesome to see familiar faces at like say the the local area or whatever too. So and like even they had a crowd at eight a.m. nine a.m. too and. It was just awesome just to see so many people playing a different division too, like the FPO and just like the MP40. Like KJ Naibo was playing MP40. I was like, that is insane. Like, I was like, oh, I saw him. And like Steve Brinster too. It's like I saw them out there and then they're playing the MP40 and like they're right behind the women. So we got to chat a little bit, but it was awesome just to see to hang out with everybody. Yeah, and I know I know I messaged you on that that final day there. Like that lead card for MP40 was sick, but let, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll talk briefly about that. But FPO, uh, Kristen Tatar takes down this tournament by three strokes. Um, that was another one where that final round it didn't necessarily seem like it was three strokes for most of it. Uh, it was kind of a back and forth battle between Kristen and Jennifer Allen. Um, and Jen gave a, a valiant effort there, just coming up, like I said, three strokes sh- short. Um, she really had a solid second round where Kristen had that solid first round. And so it was a lot of fun to watch there. But then Owen Scoggins in third, Hannah Blumroos coming in fourth, Emily Beach in fifth, tied with Evelina Salonen, Maria Oliva in seventh. Eighth is, I believe it's Katie Tate. 
I think. Um, ninth, Sammy Kennington. And 10th, Elise Reveles. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, apologies if I did not. But uh, this was a, a, a fun tournament uh, or fun FPO tournament to watch too because there was a lot of good stuff here. And we got to see the European women again, a second tournament now. Um, and, you know, we, we saw Kristen win. Unfortunately, though, we saw Henna and Evelina uh, struggle a little bit at times. Uh, Evelina a little bit more so than Henna. Henna kind of got it turned around there after the uh, the first couple rounds. She kind of brought it back together. But um, Evelina struggled, unfortunately. But overall, you know, here we are. You know, FPO field is is solid and another great showing for Emily Beach. Got to give got to give Emily a shout out because uh, she was on some some coverage at uh, Las Vegas and now here at Memorial. So good for her. A lot of fun to watch, like we talked about here, and some big names there, and some big names that you know didn't necessarily perform as well as they want to. But hey, it's early in the season. It's a it's a marathon, right? You've got a little bit ahead of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, Evelina struggled with that putter. Um, she was just kind of posting on Instagram. She's like, all right, I'm putting like practice the putting. I mean, that's the biggest thing for them is, I mean, the putts, I mean, they throw the disc very consistent and very well and um, just got to get the putter. I mean, that's everybody's issue. You know, like once they figure out that putter, she's deadly. I think she averaged like 960, like 15 points under rating. I mean, she cleans up the putting, she averages that and, gives her a potential chance to win, you know? Yeah. I mean, shooting a, uh, a first round, you know, she was tied with first tied for first with Kristen after that first round shooting a 10, 12. So, I mean, she's right there. She just needs to get that putting figured out. And I know, um, on the coverage of Las Vegas, Elaine King was, I don't want to say critical of that, but she definitely made sure to make a, make a note of it, that that putting, you know, it's such a hyzer, such an aggressive hyzer putt that, that's that's a tough thing. I mean, she had some cut throughs and she had some, you know, off the mark shots. So, and then you get that kind of a putt and wind. <laughs> that's just asking for trouble. So, um, she'll get it worked out. I mean, she's a pro. Let's not let's not beat around the bush with that. She'll definitely get it figured out. All right, we talked about MP40 and that final card in that last round was was absolutely nuts. I mean, just going down the uh, the top four in the tournament and that was the the final four in the the main or the final round you had kj naibo like we talked about steve brinster shasta chris and pete uliberry i mean that's just a, a solid mark and then just below them was steve rico so just absolutely nuts to see all those names names that you know i didn't necessarily grow up watching but i i recognize the names and have seen enough of them play so it's just really really cool to see such a big field out there and uh man these age protected divisions are going to get tight here in the next few years too with uh, a lot of talent that is going to be eligible to play them not that they necessarily will but um good stuff overall memorial looked like it was as usual a solid run tournament um good turnout like we talked about and good coverage out there yeah absolutely so with, with a good payout too i had no idea like i was looking at disc golf scene and it, it said like after the event it said like oh twenty five thousand dollar added cash and i was like wow like that was surprising just because like i wasn't like i didn't notice it and didn't really hear of it and presnell like after my round he's like good shooting man i was like oh nice how much should i make like 500 bucks or whatever and he's like no dude like i got a photo of it you made over a grand and i was like usually like we just i'm just so accustomed to taking like that's that smaller a tier where you get like 400 500 for that sixth spot and like a tier you get like two grand but there were so many like 
additional sponsors that I tripled that. So like that was super exciting. The top 10 go out over a thousand, which is exciting. You know, like you play that 1030 to 1070 rated golf and you get over a thousand dollars, which is awesome for disc golf too, you know? So it almost felt like a pro tour, you know, but like, um, one day it might come back. It might not, who knows? Yeah. I, I hope it does. I think it's just one of those tournaments that I, I don't know. I I'm so young in the sport that I feel kind of weird saying it, but it just feels like it should be on the pro tour. Um, just because it historically has been now, you know, they say the same thing about like, um, uh, uh, master's cup and, uh, it's the Oregon one that I'm thinking of. I, I can't State. think of it now. E Beaver state. My goodness. Yeah. Beaver state. Like it's, and there's others, there's other circumstances. I get it, but, um, maybe, yeah, maybe in future years, we'll see this back in some, some fashion or a silver series event at the very least. I think it deserves that. So, uh, really, really cool. But just, you mentioned it with the purse and everything it shows on PDGA's website that the pro purse was $67,364, which is, um, just bananas for a, for just a regular eight tier. I think that's so awesome. So, definitely very very cool the winners took home on fpo took home two grand and on the mpo side again paul Macbeth taking home a five grand so definitely very very fun to watch that's for sure so uh let's talk about your play though let's let's get into that a little bit how'd you feel um yeah go ahead just dive in yeah absolutely yeah so obviously it took six this weekend and it felt good i mean i averaged 1048 uh so way above my uh rating which is awesome my rating actually went up today uh two points so i'm at 1017 now so that's up four points in the last two months which is exciting i mean just shows you that like i'm slowly going up but yeah i mean first round i shot that 11 under that was that um that 1059 i think it was rated so that was like it felt good i mean I birdied eight of uh, the last nine holes, which is, I mean, that's always a good feeling when you just can get hot and just go. And the, the hole I missed was um, hole 12, a little downhill hole, that the hole that got aced by my buddy Zach. Uh, I was like 15 feet uh, long and I like was about to release and a dog barked. So it was like a, a kind of unfortunate thing, but like with down 15 feet, I'm a professional. I should make that all day. So yeah, shout out 11. I was... I was tied for fourth, so that put me on like chase card, which is very exciting. So that second round, we were filmed. Um, Terry Miller might have that. I don't know if he's going to post it or not. Uh, I know he posted it for the first round. So um, the second round, I shot a five under. That was the the day it kind of rained. It was windy, and um, I shot five down. I mean, ten thirty six. Uh, fine with that. I mean, everything over your ratings a good bonus i just had one hole on hole nine uh story of this tournament was hole nine hole nine got me almost every round except that final round so just a big number on that like a double or triple or even a bogey yeah. so it, it cost me a little bit uh third round we w went to vista started off slow um shot six down i finished with four of the last five holes on a birdie which is exciting um i shot 1054 which i didn't think it would be that high so i was like all right i'm in six right now now i got one more round for chase card so that final round i played with Mar andrew marwe drew gibson coda hatfield that i've never played with so uh yeah it was a it was a good uh final round um i started off um let's see six down through nine which is just like all right at vista you want to get like five six four around there on the front nine which is um a good start then just kind of plain jane it on the on the back side so i finished seven under which is 1040 and i took um 
took six. So averaging 1048 at that tournament, like a lot of people were following and they're just like, how'd you, how'd you feel? Like after the tournament, I was like, it felt, well, it felt fine. Like felt good. And like the biggest thing I took away was just like, uh, like my post said, just like playing these courses so often that like it felt normal. It just felt routine. I was just like showing these guys the course and just like, it was fun. It didn't feel like a tournament, you know? And my, the putting was a huge success. Like, the, the putt felt normal. I think I've only missed three or four all weekend in four rounds versus six to seven around. So like 24 putts, 20 putts to four or five the whole tournament, which is exciting. Like that's a huge win for me. And just the confidence just showing like, like my post said is just having the ability and the confidence to score on each hole. Cause every hole I didn't feel like I couldn't get to, you know, um, so it was just, it was a good tournament, good in, uh, in general. And like after Vegas, kind of coming back here, home base and just kind of playing well in front of the fans, a lot of support here. I mean, a lot of the people that I taught lessons to in this off season, they were out there supporting. They're like, dude, you're killing it. I was like, thanks man. Like it was awesome. And like, it just felt normal. It just felt like in the zone and like, there was no pressure. Just go out there and throw and just kind of get what I Get, get what I, the course gives me so it was just yeah it's exciting a good payday and uh Waco's in a few days so uh hopefully the, the weather warms up a little bit and it can kind of continue the momentum yeah absolutely that's got to be like you said building that confidence there especially coming into the actual touring part of the season now uh, as you start moving forward I mean with Waco right around the corner and then and more from there um got to be a good feeling for sure uh good confidence and getting that ratings update that's always a a fun thing when you see the the green up arrow there with that so excellent excellent stuff so memorial in a nutshell there it is folks uh if you haven't gotten a chance to watch any of the coverage make sure you do it terry miller get on that chase car coverage and get that out please um and we would love to see it so let's transition now i mean we got to talk about waco but we're gonna pump the brakes on that for just a minute here um, something from within your sponsorship company came out here just this last week or just a couple days ago as we record it here. The MVP newsletter. Got to talk about that just a little bit here because that's that's pretty cool stuff. I love the MVP newsletter. You know, we're seeing a bunch of restocks, which is awesome. We're seeing the, the soft neutron envy come back, the soft neutron proxy come back, which is great. And then we're getting some uh, some reactors, some some fission reactors that's kind of slick i mean i'm excited for that and it seemed like the mvp family was pretty excited for it yeah absolutely and one of the top molds right now mixed in with our one of the top selling plastic is very exciting we just found out on it about like thursday of last week so i was like oh sweet and i was like all right if they told us this then the newsletter is coming out monday and boom it happened so uh, i actually put in a whole bunch of orders today and uh and they just got approved, so they'll be coming soon. And especially with the uh, the flight plate uh, logo disc, they are coming uh, probably six to twelve weeks, maybe. Uh, who knows? Hopefully earlier. But uh, once we get them, we'll we'll share them, and we'll that's a way you can support us and uh, support the podcast too. But yeah, uh, the fission reactor. I'm super excited. Uh, I'll be in Waco tomorrow. I fly out early, and I'll be there. Um, Presno is going to pick me up in the, from the airport in Dallas and we're going to practice. So hopefully I get that and we were going to get the new James Conrad disc, the Terra. Um, so it's going to be a little slightly overstable and I think it's going to be a, a hit. So it's kind of like what the disc I'm kind of jamming on right now is my Tesla and it's just an overstable Tesla. It's kind of like that step down from that fireball because that fireball is like that overstable Firebird-ish disc or whatever, but uh, for me that Tesla can get a little bit more forward push, which is 
exciting because one goes in your good look. It's going to go straighter, get more distance before fading out. So very similar discs. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for all the, the new things coming out, all those new molds and restocks. It's kind of exciting when you can open up the order foam and just see so many discs. Uh, I ordered a hundred discs of just for me, uh, just to have for backups, you know, and then a whole, a whole bunch for the flight plate. So it's exciting just to get that notification and be like order approved. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Uh, very very exciting for sure. Um, that that Terra, like you talked about, it really is is exciting in my opinion. I'm I'm super excited for it. Um, I'm actually just trying to pull it up here so that I know we've got some listeners who are um, flight number guys uh, or gals, but uh, I, it's an eight speed. I know that, and I'm pretty sure it's eight five zero three if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, you got that overstable. I know when you and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday after it was uh, announced. Uh, very Thunderbird-ish, and that's uh, very, very exciting. Uh, I know that's a spot in my bag that I definitely am looking to get something into. So, And plus that, I mean, the special edition stamp, once again, I think this was Mike, uh, is it Insco? Incho? Incho. Incho. Okay, I want to make sure I get that pronounced right. Yeah, Mike Incho design, uh, really, really cool. And then on top of it, it's got those coordinates on it. Uh, somebody, a bunch of people were immediately like pulling up what the coordinates are. A really beautiful area. I believe it's called like Tunnel Canyon or something like that. So really, really cool. Go check that out. But uh, a sweet looking disc. That video that they released with James talking about it and James, you know, crushing on it on different angles was really, really cool. Uh, really well done and um, exciting. I'm very, very excited for that. And of course, we're excited about the the flight plate discs. Uh, unfortunately folks, this is not like our good friends over at OTB or infinite discs or anything like that, where they're pumping out the order the next day. Um, we got to wait, but Hey, uh, waiting is a good thing. It's going to make everything that much sweeter. So, um, very, very cool stuff. The, the fission reactor is really an exciting thing. Um, interested in, in checking that out. I love the reactor as it is. I've never thought about a mid in a fission plastic. So, um, we'll see. I, I'm excited. I know I told you before too, I was excited about the Neutron Soft Envies. That's something I'm big into. So, uh, cool stuff. MVP again, crushing it. So look forward to more from them. So let's talk about Waco. Like you said here, you're leaving tomorrow, flying on out on Wednesday. This will drop on Thursday. So you're already out there. Um, this is a, a tournament that is for me, um, kind of, it sounds silly, but kind of near and dear to me um, in the sense that this was the first tournament that I saw live coverage of was Waco. Um, and it would have been, unfortunately, it was Waco 2020. Um, so, you know, that's that's when I got into disc golf and everything and just watching it and seeing it cut short um, and uh, everything like that. I, I can't really talk too much about or say enough about it, but... Uh, Waco is really, really cool. I love the course. I really do. I like the nice mix of wooded and open holes. And um, it's just, it seems to be a lot of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm sure I would not have fun playing it. But uh, yeah, what what are you, are you excited for Waco? I mean, obviously you're excited for Waco. Yeah, absolutely. Waco is one of the fun uh, f- fun tournaments in general. Uh, it's a, it's a three-day, uh, unlike Vegas. Vegas is a four-day. So we started on Friday, so that's why I'm kind of leaving a little later. And plus, I didn't really want to drive that 14, 15 hours one way, then back or whatever. So especially I'm just going out there for the one event. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, you, like you said, nine holes in the woods, nine hole outside. So uh, you pretty much start 
outside a few holes and you go into the woods where, I mean, that's where the beast is. I mean, once you get to hole four or five, it's just like, all right, you're in for it. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I grew up in the woods, so a lot of the shots are just like feels natural to me. Um, I remember one year I threw a lot of backhands, just like kind of like the hyzer foot turnover. And the next year I went through sidearms because like if you think about it, a backhand turnover is a different shot shape than a sidearm where a sidearm, you can look at the gap the whole way and then kind of dump it in there. So I'm excited. I mean, my sidearm feels good. And like a lot of them are like under that 300 foot range, or I can throw it to like that 360 range and just kind of like pick and choose. Like I'd rather come up 50 short than have a longer approach where we're at the sidearm. So I'm excited just to throw a lot of sidearms. The weather looks cold on the first day. I think it's at a high of 47. It's going to be windy. So, I mean, unlike the last few I mean, like the last few weeks, it's been windy and cold, like Vegas and the Shelly, the Maricopa, everything's been windy. So I'm, I'm used to that already. Uh, I just got back some warmer clothes now, uh, get my, all my gloves, my hats and my hand warmers and I'll be good. Um, but yeah, it'd be easier to, to throw a, throw a disc and sidearm versus a backhand in that cold. And there's a lot of shots where I sacrifice distance, like I was saying, for that that easier approach. I'm, I'm kind of that golf, that disc golfer where it's just like, all right, I can throw it 300 feet and have that 350 versus throwing that 400 feet, and the 250. Cause I feel more comfortable throwing that 300 foot approach, 350 approach versus that 250 feet. So it, it makes me commit to the shot a little better that way too. And especially there's a lot of par fours that are reachable. You throw 300 feet, 300 feet again up and down so uh, I'm excited it's gonna be fun and like I said like I have the momentum I feel good about throwing the disc right now uh, a lot of people came up to me after the round and just like they, they saw me at fountain both rounds they saw me at Vista both rounds and they're like dude this is the this is the best person I've seen throw a disc off the tee just wait until you get the up and down and the putting down so like hearing that from like multiple people like pros spectators just like close friends it was just kind of like exciting you know when you hear that from somebody they're like dude you're throwing the disc probably 1050 1075 right now and you're putting 800 i was like yeah i know like i've, I've known this or whatever so it, it'll get better like i said like just have to have confidence and throw shots closer and just feel confident with the putt yeah absolutely so do you have do you have a uh favorite hole out there at waco you got a specific one that you like the most yeah i mean i'm the one of them that i think about is like hole 17 like i used to go like sidearm sidearm instead of like a sidearm backhand or a backhand backhand so uh just like that hole i can throw it 350 feet and have a little chip shot to the green where if i pull it left that like it's attacking the pin or if i early release it it's safe the whole way i remember I mean, like three, four years ago, I was so pinched back. I threw like a hyzer flip with my mid range and like it was 150 feet in the water and the wind raised it and turned it over and it like hit the cage and dropped it for easy birdie. Oh, and like man. there was like tons <laughs> of people watching and like they're like, he's, he's going for it. He's going for it. I was like, I mean, it's the last day, like nothing to lose. And like it was just a, I threw a like hyzer flip so far out there and the wind just picked it up and turned it over and it was just money like it was probably one of my favorite shots i've ever thrown nice nice what do you think of 18 18's fun and especially in this uh new position it's a little bit um a little bit tougher because it's close to the water um especially me a lot of people like to lay up i just try to get across and like this goes back to the type of golfer where it's just like i'd rather have that 100 foot approach 
versus like that 350 and plus like if you sent it too long and you got put towards the water so i'm just trying to get across the water i think i remember last year we had a headwind almost every day so it was just hard to get over there so a lot of people laid up um but yeah, it's a, it's a good hole. I remember Simon throwing that putter across the tailwind. Putter, yeah, a putter. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's four hundred plus feet downhill. But like it, it seriously plays with it. I remember. I mean, just a few days ago, I saw Albert Albert Tom aced it. I mean, he's out there practicing. Oh, wow. He got a ace out there, so that's super exciting. Um, but and usually how this how the course is is it's a tailwind one day then the next day it's going to be a tailwind. So whatever that next day is, it's just following through. And then like like nine holes go one way, nine holes come back the other way. So basically you have tailwind, 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 headwind, headwind. It's kind of like that Vista effect. How you're, yep. I mean, that third day you went left to right, left to right, left to right. So like that righty hyzer is just getting slammed, getting slammed, getting slammed. And you throw a sidearm and just carries, carries. So it's like that. Make sure your angles are so, so perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's awesome. I'm excited for it. Um, you know, it's it's one of the memories that I have of getting into disc golf. Obviously, like I said, the first live tournament that I got to watch, um, and really kind of got that's where I got into um, footage that wasn't just tournaments. Um, talking about like there was some footage. Uh, full disclosure, as far as how I got into disc golf, it honestly has to do with Brody Smith. Um, I was into trick shot videos, and he was preparing for. Waco at that point that was his first tournament and um so I got to you know watch kind of his process and the practice round that he filmed with Paul and um that's really where I got into it so uh really cool stuff I'm super excited for the tournament and to get the coverage again um awesome to have coverage love 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 live disc golf so uh make sure you're catching up on it and of course as usual the uh social medias for the flight plate will be following jordan and uh posting how it's going and all that good stuff i don't know if i'm going to do front nine and back nine like i've done in in tournaments past that's get gets a little bit crazy but um three round tournament i should be okay so um we'll definitely do it and uh yeah as i'm sure everybody here is is thinking jordan best of luck here this weekend as you head off to waco and uh yeah and uh not only just waco but you know just taking a look at kind of the the going forward past Waco talk about that just a hair here uh it looks like you know there's there's a few events in Texas but this is your this is your one Texas stop right yep correct yep okay so yeah so taking a a little bit of a time away from the uh the tour as it is I mean there's some silver series stuff in there and whatnot too but uh good stuff I mean obviously it's you know your tour you do what you want and all that fun stuff and uh get to the tournaments that you can but uh yeah, so get back from Waco, and then you'll have other stuff around the area there you're doing and everything like that. But we'll have more stuff to come, too. Uh, we've got a couple of interviews that we're lining up that are going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. We're not going to drop who it is quite yet, um, but uh, they're both both solidified. We just got to get them scheduled and uh, get them in and going to have a lot of fun with that. But uh, I want to talk about a little bit of news that came out that I heard just this morning and uh, messaged you about right away. Uh, courtesy of the Nick and Matt show. And they had Steve Dodge, the guy that runs MVP open out at Maple Hill, um, the tournament director out there. They had him on and he was talking all about this new deal that he has with MVP. And, and, you know, we talked about it last week with 10 years, $2 million, uh, just awesome stuff. Um, but there was more, which was really fun. He, he had a great way of, of talking about it here and he brought up, 
on Thursday night of the MVP Open, on Thursday night after the, the tournament's all done or after that round's all done and everybody's off the course, they're going to do a special FPO only on Thursday ace contest. So let's let's break this down here a little bit. I want to explain this. So UDisc is working with uh, Steve on a new statistic called AccuDistance, which is going to obviously combine accuracy and distance. And they're going to use this to take the top eight women that are in the field, the top eight in that statistic, that uh, AccuDistance statistic, and those eight women are going to each get four shots, four throws from hole one's tee to the whole whole one basket in an ace contest. Here's the kicker, folks. The first ace, doesn't even matter if it's the very first throw, first person up there, first throw. They catch chains and it sticks. That person is walking out with a million dollars. One million dollars. Not the field. One person, one million dollars. Uh, that's insane. Uh, what were, when, I, when I messaged you that and you were like, wait, what? What what was going through your head? Yeah, was exactly what you said. Wait, what? <laughs> like, where'd you see that? Like, I had no idea. Um, but yeah, super cool. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be like the women's short pad to the, to the the middle position, just over to the water, or even or even like say the gold pad to to the middle pad. And I've actually aced it's, that. It's four four hundred and uh, I think he said four twenty or four ten. Okay, so distance. So yeah, yeah I'm guessing it's going to be the women's tee pad to that middle one or whatever, or even, like I said, the gold one to the, to the middle one. I was, it was funny if it's going to be that hole where we play from the gold, there's a pin right across the lake at, at Maple Hill. I've actually aced that, that hole. <laughs> I was, I was like, get right. a hold of Steve, get a hold of Steve. Yeah. If you decide to do an MPO, get Jordan in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right, here goes a, here goes a warm up shot. Just like barely do it. Just a little bit of a tailwind. And it was just a dart the whole way. I was like, Oh, that might go in the hole. And like dead center. Slit. And there's like <laughs> 65 people right there. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, this is this is huge. I mean, what's really cool is if if you go over to the Nick and Matt show, I mean, make sure to give them a listen anyways. They're awesome. Um, but this this interview was really cool in general. Uh, it was about the like the 58 or 59 minute mark when they start talking about this tournament or this uh, ace contest. Uh, but they broke down all of it. They, I mean, the insurance behind it and all that other stuff. Um, really, really awesome. And there was there was tease that there might be some more announcements coming because they're doing all sorts of awesome stuff out at MVP uh, Open this year. So definitely keep an eye on that. I know he said that he was going to be on Smashbox, which is tonight as we record it. Um, so if you did not catch Smashbox this week on Tuesday, go back and listen to it because he might drop some more information. But uh, really, really awesome stuff. And it just shows the growth of the sport. Um, you know, this, this is insane. And they were talking about reactions, like, uh, you know, comparing say James at worlds, the shot versus if somebody chains this and, you know, they, they talked about how they're going to set it up even, I mean, there's going to be people surrounding the pin. They're surrounding the quote unquote green and, you know, people up and down the fairway, people in the stands up at the tee. And I, I just can't imagine like, 
what what's gonna happen if somebody aces there like it's gonna go in insanity it's gonna, gonna go it's gonna go viral and i want to be right behind the basket this time uh instead of on the real real one of the bleachers i want to be up close and see it but it but then again you gotta be careful because of the the discs are coming in hot so i mean if they overdrive the basket you could get <laughs> dinged or whatever too yeah exactly well i i you got to make sure you wear something that's that's easily seeable on footage because we want to see that um but uh yeah this is just gonna be insane i am so excited for that like it's it's nuts it's gonna be crazy and they didn't like i said they haven't announced who it's gonna be yet it's gonna be based on this new statistic um and whether or not they do an mpo one who knows i mean you've got to think that they probably will do something and they also said that if nobody hits or nobody hits it that they're doing a uh a ctp contest with it closest to the pin contest and the winner get this guys is walking away with five hundred dollars like i mean (laughs) a little step down from a thousand or a million dollars but 500 bucks i mean still it's gonna be fun that's the bottom line (laughs) Um, yeah exactly right i just know that every on every throw the disc releases and the crowd's gonna go nuts as it is like it's gonna get so loud it's so awesome i'm so excited (laughs) Um, and exactly and steve said somebody somebody makes it he expects everybody in the pond just saying i mean that <laughs> this is setting up to be one of the coolest spectacles i'm i'm so excited for that i could not believe it i've been grinning about it ever since we saw it so um very very cool stuff and uh, make sure you're watching for you know disc golf media because all sorts of fun stuff is coming out i actually saw i don't know jordan did you see this i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about this we didn't talk about it before but did you see um i think as jeff Chappelle posted uh and tagged both of us in it he wants to do some sort of like a, a contest, uh, like playing disc golf. Like you're, it's it's weird. It goes off of your rating, the round or the uh, the level that you're in, and it's almost like this internet championship, if you will. Did you see that? I saw it. I just didn't read too much into it. And I, <laughs> you gotta you gotta check it out. It actually sounds like he's he's done a lot of research into this. It's actually kind of cool. So, uh, a lot of good stuff. Disc golf media is going crazy out there. It's so fun to see. Um, but hey, we've got a couple other things we need to get to. I need to stop spouting off here. Um, first things first, we're going to be doing a giveaway with Sam Sauce. And uh, I've been holding on to this for way too long. Sam was nice enough to send this over for us to to give away. And, um, you know, it's I, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get it and show you guys exactly what it is because I'll have this up on video and everything like that. Uh, while I grab that, Jordan, why don't you just – Give us the rundown. How how does Sam know us, know you, that whole deal? Yeah, absolutely. Sam is one of the guys that I was from, well, like where I grew up in Austin, Minnesota. So Spamtown, USA. Uh, Sam uh, was a trilogy player, um, huge fan. When I was with Latitude and Dynamic Disc, he gave me a lot of discs and I would hook him up or whatever. Or just kind of like he was a good friend or whatever. So during the pandemic, he kind of like, he's a, he's a chef. So like that was his career and like, he went to school for it. So he's, he was, he was doing that and he was working at this uh, restaurant close to, close to Austin. Then he, the pandemic hit and he's just like, he's always had that dream. Just like he wanted to make his own product and he just loves that hot sauce like vibe. He puts, puts everything. I went to, after a disc golf tournament, we would go to a restaurant. He's like, can you get some hot sauce or whatever? And like, 
every time, every time. And like, there'd be some times where I beat him to it. So during the pandemic, he just wanted to start something new and he's just been killing it. He's been a lot of, a lot of places just promoting it. He was just in Albuquerque, New Mexico for a hot sauce event. So that was super exciting, but Sam, he's just promoting it and killing it. And he said, he hooked us up with some, some sauces and, uh, Josh loves them. I have yet to try it. Um, just been so busy. I mean, I, I'm the only one that doesn't really like hot stuff right away. So I just got to get <laughs> adapt to it, you know? There you go. Yeah. I, I love this stuff. Sam, like you said, was nice enough to send us over some stuff when he, when he signed on as a sponsor for the show. And one of the things that he sent us here was specifically for a giveaway. So I'm going to show that off here right now, uh, on my camera as best as I can, this nice little two pack here. Uh, it's kind of dark in my room there we go a little bit light small batch premium hot sauce which is what he does and uh, there's two different flavors in here there is the smoky j which is absolutely my personal favorite this stuff is so good and it's not super spicy my my seven-year-old will eat this and so that tells you it's not super spicy it does have a little heat to it but not bad uh, and then the other one's taiga style so with like thai chilies thai uh, Ty, tiger that's that's fun uh, he has a lot of fun with these names but um, that's another one that's it's it's spicier it's got some more kick to it um, and I was told that there's there's a couple other things in this little package that he put together for us too so I don't even know what they are he just said to use it for a giveaway or whatever we wanted so we're gonna do that so the winner of this giveaway is gonna get this guy I'll probably throw in a couple of flight plate stickers because that's kind of what I do um, and they'll be, unfortunately, the old logo. Sorry, guys. Got to get rid of the old inventory before we can get rid of the new, get some new stuff in. But uh, some flight plate stickers, and who knows? Maybe I'll find something else fun to throw in there. I haven't, I haven't even thought about it yet. This is kind of all on the whim. So we're gonna give this away. How do we want to do this, Jordan? Do we want to do like a post or like post this video and they got a comment or what, what do we want to do the next one uh when we drop this episode just have a photo and they like it and boom easy easy yep. simple you can do it on facebook and okay. instagram there we go i like it facebook instagram we're gonna include twitter on that too uh i'll make sure that we we get that out there uh so we'll include a picture of the giveaway item the sauce itself uh, after we drop this episode and uh then you just like it and that's all you got to do. You don't have to tag three friends. You don't have to, you know, call oh, your mom and ask her for a social number, security number, or anything like that. Yeah, I know. Don't worry about. I mean, following's nice. Give us a follow, anyways, because we're cool guys. But uh, like the like the photo. That's it. The post, and we'll pick a winner. You know, maybe next week. I think we'll we'll pick a winner next week and announce it here on the show, and uh, we'll go from there. So there's that out of the way. We got that taken care of. Um, now we need to move on to our surprise stat of the week brought to us by PDGA stats on Twitter. And I've got two of them. I've got one of them that I almost brought up earlier just because we were talking about Mr. Macbeth. So I'll talk about that one first. Paul Macbeth's 1074 average unofficial average at the Memorial tied his seventh highest average event rating of his career. Seventh. Okay. There's more to this one. It's his third highest average rating at the Memorial Championship and his highest since 2013, which he lost in a playoff. Okay, there's a little bit more. He now has seven 1,100-plus rated rounds in his career, and three of them occurred at the Memorial, two at Fountain and one at Vista. I just – we had to include that. That's insanity, (laughs) 
Mick Morial. The guy's kind of good. Yeah, Mick Morial. Ah, I like that. Ah, that's good. He's kind of good, folks, in case you haven't heard. Uh, Paul Macbeth, unbelievable. Uh, do you... Do you think we see somebody score like this again? Like, I mean, not just in a one round, but say, I mean, in a career, like, I, it's it's tough. I can I can see it, then I can't see it. You know, like the the game's getting so good. There's all these young kids that could do it. You know, but like Paul's Paul, like he's going to do it. It's just like he wants that challenge. And like, I just saw a tweet earlier that they post his 18 under at Waco. I was like, I won't be surprised if he does it again. Like. the guy's just so dialed in it's he's so good it's insane like just watching him like i was on second third fourth card all weekend and just like to look back and see him just fillet the shot and i was like that's shot so hard and he just made it look so easy and like i commented like how can we beat this guy like how can you beat him like he doesn't miss it's it's just awesome it's exciting yeah that's the that's the thing, you know, everyone always talks about, I saw it on Twitter too, uh, you know, who's the next, can this person be the next Paul Macbeth? I think it was actually Gannon Burr. I think they were talking about Gannon Burr. Can he be the next Paul Macbeth? And I was quick to jump on there and, and point out, like, nobody's going to be the next Paul Macbeth. Like, if Gannon Burr gets that good, he's going to be doing it Gannon Burr's way. Like, it's right. not going to be how Paul does it. And uh, it's just, it's amazing to be able to sit back and witness this and, and everything like that. Um, so, outstanding. That's the first stat of the week that we had to talk about there. Seventh highest average event rating. <laughs> Insanity. Um, all right. Let's talk about the other stat here. Jordan Castro's 1048 average at the Memorial is his third highest average event rating of his career and his second highest at an A tier. Now, just going off of that, do you know what the other two highest ones are off the top of your head? I'm going to say the Rumble and Beaver State. Or it's going to be like Titan and Beaver State, I think, if I had to guess. Okay. The, what's the, the Rumble? Where was that? I'm, That's I'm in the Quad Cities. Like... Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and then when you say Beaver State, that would have been the one in, like, was it 2019? Yeah, 2019. Yep. Right on. Right on. Awesome. Well, I'm going to do a little uh, – live research here while we're talking and just take a look at your event ratings this is courtesy of statmando uh, statmando.com if you're looking at statistics i i can't say enough about those guys um really really cool stuff over there um i'm just taking a look 1050 i see a 1050 event average at the big arm challenge in 2020 Hmm. and 1052 wow maybe i'm not looking at this right this is event event rating yeah okay i see a 1052 at vacation land opened in august of 2019 that's an atr yep that that makes sense that's where i went tiger woods and was caught clemens Oh, all right. Okay. And let's see. The other one was Beaver State Fling. That was 2019, right? Yep. That was only a 1036 average. Huh. So. Interesting. I, I think though. Felt, I felt better. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let's see. I think that's the, yeah, those are the two. You had a 1045 at Zootown um, back in 18. But, uh, yeah, it looks like those two that we just mentioned there. So you're 10, 1052 at Vacation Land. Uh, 
and which was the eighth, the other eight tier that we just talked about, mm-hmm. and 1050 at Big Arm Challenge in 2020. So there we go. A little research on the fly there. Um, cool stuff. Well, a special thanks again to PDGA Stats for providing these stats. Uh, I absolutely love it. It's so much fun to get these. He always sends them over uh, the day before we record and is like, is this okay? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is nuts. Right. Especially those. I mean, he sent both of those. He's like, do you want one of these? Is one of these okay? I'm like, can I use both, please? Because they're just so good. So awesome stuff. Thanks again. Make sure you check out PDGA Stats on Twitter and subscribe to their Substack to get stats delivered to you every single week um, to your email inbox. Uh, a lot of fun. That way you don't have to wade through Twitter to get to it. So very, very cool stuff. Um, last thing we want to talk about, Double G Beef Jerky. we got to talk about this. and our newest sponsor here. Uh, we can't thank them enough. We're going to be able to do here in the next couple weeks, we're going to be able to do a live video recording of us tasting some of these beef jerkies. Um, I've I've had uh, almost all of them, not quite all of them, but Jordan informs me that he has not had any of them. So I'm excited for this. Um we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, you like beef jerky, though, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, good, 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 good. So, Double G, if you guys have watched any of the live coverage, you've seen all sorts of commercials for Double G jerky. But, obviously, Garrett Gerthy, he's been making this jerky since he was 16 years old. Um, and he started working at a bowling alley as a, as a line cook and all this good stuff. So, um, really, really awesome stuff. He's using... Uh, brisket for his meat which is top of the line and he makes sure that he gets quality meat when he sources it and the other thing that's really really important about this is not only do they have you know seven or eight flavors which is crazy cool uh, but what they do with the actual proceeds I mean so much of this goes to charity Garrett's got his own charity set up for uh, a lot of the proceeds that goes to it, it has to do with children in disc golf. I don't remember the exact name of it off the top of my head. but uh, And then Paul Macbeth has his own um, jerky within this, like his own flavor within it. It's like the, the max weight max weight bag, it's called, or something like that, because it's like twice as big. And uh, proceeds of that are going to the Paul Macbeth Foundation. So anytime we see anything like this going to foundations that's involving kids with disc golf or underserved communities with disc golf, automatically gets a win in my book and and jordan's too i know that for sure so uh definitely awesome love to see it we want to thank double g's uh double g and double g beef jerky for hooking us up i've got sample bags that i've got to divvy out to jordan so that we can get that going um and some other stuff as well coming his way so definitely very very cool thank you again and thank you to our other sponsors and uh, like we always say yardbirds disc golf chain shark disc golf adam vosberg par frame disc golf racks we already mentioned sam sauce and uh double g beef jerky and caged supplements as well special thanks to all of them out there and yeah a lot of good stuff coming for the flight plate here in the very near future um you know jordan before we uh head off to waco you got anything else you wanted to drop here or say here yeah, that's about it. And I'm just super excited just to get all this stuff going. I mean, it's just it's so exciting that it's just like it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's finally happening. Uh, I mean, this is week three almost. And it's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It, yeah, it absolutely is. And this show is not slowing down. Um, it's going to be uh, busy, a lot of stuff going on, but looking forward to it for sure. So Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Make sure you're following all of our social medias. Let us know what you think of the episodes. We love to hear feedback and hear what you guys, if there's something that you want to hear or that you don't like hearing, let us know so we can adjust. 
but we want to thank you guys all again for listening and we'll catch you next week on the flight plate we